Hello, my friends. This is Andy Falco Jimenez with my beautiful wife, Hedy Falco Jimenez, for the living. <laughs> Why are you laughing? For the so long. The name was so long. <laughs> We're here for the Living Fearless Devotional, and it's an early show because today is Election Day, and because we put um, our time and effort into um, uh, hopefully getting not hopefully we will get two men elected onto our school board. Rich uh, uh, Engel and uh, Todd Frazier, and then a city council uh, member by the name of uh, Ryan Bent. And we're going to be going to a watch party to see how all the things shake up. Yes. So far, I'm excited with what's been happening. We still have some uh, races that are a little too close to call. I'm a little concerned with a couple of them, but we do have some big wins in Florida and um we had a, a little movement in Ohio with JD yeah. uh, coming up and getting ahead of that Ryan dude. Um, so, so far, I'm, I'm still, I, my stomach's been a mess all day. I've been a little nervous all day. I feel like this election, I, I feel like I'm a part of this election somehow. Well, we are. Mm. Because, um, I mean, especially the way our pastor, Pastor Jack Hibbs, has talked about it. It's a referendum on God. You know, it's just for Proposition 1 and the birthday abortions and just the wickedness. And uh, it's just so important that we stand against wickedness and we stand for God's commandments. You know, we, we don't need to be that concerned as citizens of heaven with the money comes, the money goes, the economy. Those things are important, of course. But what really matters is that God be honored in our country. And that's what that is the the motivation behind um, seeking all these things. Right. The difficult thing for us here in California is that we're the last um, to uh, hear what's going on in our races. And, <laughs> and not much will change <laughs> other than hopefully not Proposition 1. But... Yeah. Sorry, we're all in black here. I, that's not intentional. We're not looking for things to be really bad. <laughs> it's just how we happen to dress. But we are on a little bit early, so we thank you for joining us. If you're watching the replay uh, a little bit later on uh, and you're wondering what happened, it's because... We want to go to this a friend's home where they're going to be having a watch party. So we're going to go over there and take care of uh, of what's happening over there and root for our people and and watch uh, the happenings. It's going to be exciting. Yes. Looking forward to it. So we're reading from uh, Charles Spurgeon, a morning by morning devotional for November 8th. Of course, this is November 8th. Should probably don't have to tell most of you that live in the United States. Uh, and Kate Mary, we said we uh, saw you were on. I forgot to say hi. I just Hi, uh, got, uh, got into the devotional right away. Um, uh, Charles, uh, Charles um, uh, references Colossians 2.6, which says, As you received Christ Jesus the Lord. Charles writes, The life of faith is described here as receiving, which implies the exact opposite of things such as merit or works. Faith is simply the acceptance of a gift. Just as the earth drinks in the rain, the sea receives the streams and night accepts light from the stars. We, without doing or giving anything, freely partake of the grace of God. By nature, God's saints are nearly are neither flowing wells nor streams, but are cisterns into which the living water flows. We are empty vessels into which God pours his salvation. The idea of receiving implies a sense of the realization of what the Lord has done. Someone cannot very well receive a shadow 
but must receive something substantial. And so it is in the life of faith. Christ becomes real to us, a reality. Can't receive a shadow. It's a really cool <laughs> expression. Before we have faith, Jesus is merely a name. A person who lived a long time ago, so long ago that his life is only history to us. But through an act of faith, Jesus becomes a real person in the consciousness of our heart. Yet receiving also means to take hold of or to gain possession of. Thus, what I receive becomes my own. Whatever has been given to me, I appropriate for myself. When I receive Jesus, he becomes my savior. So much mine that neither death nor life will be able to separate. Separate him from me, sorry. All of this is what it means to receive Christ. To take him as God's free gift. To realize he is in my heart. And to appropriate him as my own. Salvation has been described as the blind receiving sight, the deaf receiving hearing, and the dead receiving life. But we not only have received these blessings, we also have received Christ Jesus himself. It is true he has given us life from the dead, has pardoned us from sin, and, it, and has imputed his righteousness to us. While these are all precious gifts, we should not be content with them alone, for we have received Christ himself. The Son of God has been poured into us. We have received him, and we have appropriated him as ours. How our hearts must be filled for heaven itself cannot contain him. So beautiful. Wow. Uh, I, you know what's so interesting to me? I keep getting the imagery of when a quarterback and a professional football team or college throws the football and the guy that's in the end zone or down the line <laughs> how the passion with which he grabs that ball, you know, and it's just kind of like, I got it. Wraps I got his body it. around it. He wraps his body around it. <laughs> right. You know, it's like if we could even ex express, you know, a tenth of that, that passion. Wow, that's such a good visual for you. Did you? Yeah, okay. Cause I thought you would get it. I don't know why the Lord would give me a, a football imagery, but it's just, it is, it is that passion that, oh my God, the Christ is, I caught, I got him. I've received him, mm. you know, because in the beginning, uh, I mean, for me, especially coming to the faith, it was like, it clicked like a, like a light bulb. It's, it's about Jesus. And that, that passion is what we have to hold on to that. It's about Christ himself at the end of the day, because we find ourselves, um, getting caught up in either the politics of it, the culture of it, the um, the rituals of it, and mm -hmm. and we can forget that it's Christ Himself. It's not the gifts He gives or the things that He makes beautiful in life, but it's it's Him Himself that matters. That's yeah. that's the greatest gift of all, and that we received it. And I loved also that we are not rivers and we're not streams. We are cisterns. We're just mm -hmm. vessels. <laughs> we are vessels and if he doesn't fill it it will not overflow on in our lives and on to others our kids we, right yeah. we need constantly need him to fill it it is not something we perpetuate with a motor on the bottom like a fountain mm -hmm. you know those fountains that can regenerate the water mm -hmm. with the with a pump yeah we can't do that without a nearness to christ <sighs> you know our lives would we just be empty vessels or old wineskins as the lord says Right. Um, 
we need new wineskins to hold new wine. And we need to be that cistern that's constantly overflowing with his love and his grace and his kindness. Kate says she's praying for the United States. Thank you. We could use it. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Michael. Nice to see you. Awesome. So it's so interesting that you gave me that visual of the of, of that pass coming come and you catch it. And then you and he doesn't just go like that, no. right? He's just like, oh, this is mine, yeah. you know? Sometimes oh, there's so many visuals from this because sometimes you have the guy who casually reaches out and grabs it with <laughs> one hand and he runs like it's like it's Nothing. like meaningless. Yeah. And you go and everybody that watches a game with a like, guy that runs oh. like that, we're going, what are you doing, bro? And you can <laughs> oh, see the guy running behind him going, I'm going to knock that out of your hand. Right. It's like one of your friends that's, hey, let's go get a drink. Let's go hang out in Las Vegas. Let's go. You're not holding <laughs> let's on go tight to the, enough to that. Let's thing. go to the strip club. Let's go, bro. It knocks it out of his hand. Uh, uh, or then the other visual is that I saw right away was that he catches it. And then let's just say somebody does punch it away, even though he's trying to hold on to it for dear life. And it, it gets out of his hands. You see the, the guy who lost the ball crawling after it <laughs> and trying to push away. No, like that's right. how you want to be. Like he's just, we go, oh my gosh, I've lost it for a second, but I'm fighting for it. Amen. I'm, I'm doing everything I can to, to, to pull it back into my grasp. Yes. Wow, that was so good. You gave me such. You, you <laughs> made it good. I just said the passion of holding the football, you know, that's all such, I got. Because you're such a football fan. <laughs> yes. Wow. Go figure. Wait wow. for my dog analogies. That is something else. And so here I am in Bible study of Zachariah and we listen, we're going through the K. Arthur precept studies. She's a, just a fire preacher. Uh, and she runs us through this video. They are on election night of 2010. And the way she describes it, it was again, a referendum on goodness and evil and and so she was and that's how that's why I opened with that. Like, what are we really praying and fasting for? Are we praying and fasting for a better economy so our pockets are bigger? Are we really praying? Are we seeking God for God himself? And it's so important to have that focus that, Lord, we ask you to intervene in this country for the sake of your kingdom, for that for thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not because we want to fill our pockets with booty or we want some kind of advantage. And I'll tell you, I can hearken back to the 2004 election sitting in the living room of this, you know, very famous think tank person. And we're watching that TV like our lives depended on it because all of us would have been out of a job if Bush didn't win. Mm. I mean, it was like it, it, like our entire lives are purse depended on whether he won you know and it's a completely different perspective i i don't know the names of the candidates I and mean, i i honestly could tell you for the most part i don't really care but i care about god's law i care about the unborn i care about our children and i care about respect for um morality and for gender mm -hmm. and for uh marriage uh between a man and a woman and that's that's up for grabs right now. And that's why I think also the state elections are so important because we all have discovered that the things that are really consequential are happening in our local elections. Yep. Like for us, the school board, but also our city council and our state representatives and the state assembly, because they're the ones that are coming up with things like Prop 1. 
Mm. Um, and that will come up with abortion laws across the country that will refute the Supreme Court or at least nullify its effect by imposing constitutional rights to abortion. Right. So uh, we got to continue praying, folks, because it's not going to be decided tonight. So we need to just continue praying that God's will be done on earth and that um, God hears our prayers, that we want righteousness returned to our country and that we're willing to fight for it. Right. You brought up something I don't, I don't think, I don't know that I've ever thought about it, is that how many people's lives are affected other than the candidate by a win or loss? Sure. Hundreds, if not thousands of people oh, are in affected. D in D.C.? Oh, my goodness. It decides whether you got a job or not, you know, because everybody who doesn't win goes off into the pasture, you know, and you're just scrambling for something else to do. And and but when your candidate wins, it's just like, woo, the money's going to flow. We're going to get grants. We're going to do projects. It's just like everybody. Free money. Free money. It's Free. Such corruption. Such corruption. Oh, my God. So bad. So crazy. I also want to talk about yes. our experience listening to this teacher from Biola. Ooh, I was um, hoping you were going to bring that up. Because there is an... Uh, I honestly, folks, have got to find a respectful way of talking about this because it really, it it brings out like the crazy person in me, no joke, uh, that there are a large swath of Christians out there who I, I can uh, respect or even understand where, oh, okay, I don't want to get involved because this party does not represent God and therefore neither side represents Political God. Party. A political party does not represent God. And therefore, I don't want to take a side. I understand that dilemma. But to look at the state of our country and the issue of the unborn and marriage and gender and schools and the over-sexualization of our kids and even the vaccine, which is altering our God-given DNA. So God is creating us one way. And these vaccines are altering that in order to be able to manipulate us into a transhuman project. Mm. You know, they say, oh, it's to decide on disease or I don't I don't want you deciding my disease. I, God's got it all covered, you know. <laughs> and so it's just the the referendum is on so much that relates to God. And for somebody to come up and say, this isn't relevant. It's not should, relevant for Christians. Should we give it context really quick? It, it, well, I don't want to give his name. Well, no, just that okay. we uh, had an event at the local church that we go to, not right. Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Not obviously. Calvary Chapel, Hills, if we find out we said that. <laughs> not, a, not a Calvary. Where this church normally doesn't get involved in political uh, talk and content, uh, uh, from the pulpit especially, um, invited a professor from Biola College <laughs> important because biola you would is a is a and that's what happened to what's our is a christian son, university right? yeah that you would think would be one of the schools you'd want your kids to go to if you were a, a christian follower uh, but this pre professor came and spoke and and started off with saying that the old testament's contextual yeah. and therefore not relevant to us today and none of the commandments in the old testament apply to christians and i was like Oh my God! You, did you just that nullify? The, that was the start. Half of the Bible, yes. Everything, and as Andy says, when you yeah. start from there. When I wrote the pastor and said, "Okay, listen, I got to tell you how how I feel and how Eddie feels about this," like you you can't even get to the political content if you start off with nullifying the Bible. 
And everything after that is I mean, how could you nonsense? Make, you don't even have the justification for the truth of the New Testament without the prophecies of the old. Right. So, so it was disturbing. I, I just want to give a context. So people yeah. Know we were so talking. no. So it was just it was it was all around disturbing. And I found myself uh, breathing heavy and thinking like I wanted to scream in the middle. And I was like, OK, don't be rude. And afterwards, in the next day, we're in a life group and they're like, are do any of you find yourself condemning others or being judgmental. And I was like, oh, oh no. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. <laughs> and actually all through today, that condemnation was racing through me. Right. And I and I really struggle with it. I mean, I still struggle with it because we have all of this scripture about we are allowed to judge the actions. We don't ultimately judge the destination of fellow believers, but we are allowed to test the spirits and judge the actions of one another, to rebuke our brothers and sisters with love, to correct them. And so there is a certain amount of frustration or rebuke that needs to happen, but juxtapose that with how do we have a reasonable debate? How do we talk to people in a way that's worthy of the gospel and um, and so it's, it's the fight between those two things. It's the struggle. It's the struggle between the two is how do I respond Christ-like in this situation? And it was, thankfully, we are extremely grateful that the pastor said he didn't agree with what was said either, because I would have really struggled to go back to the church. Mm -hmm. If they said, this is the official policy of the church, I, I would have a really difficult time going back there. Um, so he disagreed. So having a presenter, which they disagree with is fine. Um, I think that disclaimer should have been out there up front. Like the views of this person do not represent, uh, you know, this establishment as right. they do. Uh, but um, yeah, I just, I struggle with that conversation. I think as it relates to um, so uh, sorry, I want to make sure and say this right, because I, I, there is a period of time that before I called myself a Christian in a, in a religious way, not as I am now as a follower of Christ, two different things. That's so three stages. Yeah. So before that I was agnostic. I, I would say probably not a, a believer uh, is a good way of putting it too. And the things he said were what I was saying during that period of my life. That this was just a, just a historical book that yeah, got, that a, people made up to yeah it's a story yeah, it's a story stories <laughs> and the relevance of it today is insignificant yeah. it was what I would use as an argument often and he was he was it was odd to hear this this theologian I think he was yes. even introduced as from a Christian university coming and speaking as as me as I would have as an 30 years ago as an agnostic. And it just didn't make sense. So now related to where I am today as a Christ follower, it was clearly not, <laughs> not the word of God. He was not presenting what I would say a godly man should be presenting. And you can make an argument that the stories in the Bible uh, take place at a time where people didn't have automobiles, didn't have telephones, and like that, how... that's not the point. That's not that's not the point of the Bible to to meet 
every aspect of where your life is today on the air conditioning like, and electricity and lighting. How would it be God's word if it, it wasn't timeless? You know, if it, if it, it, it is the instruction yeah. that, that everybody needs to understand that it's important. You can get caught up in everything that yeah. has to do with the well, period look, of time. They're, they're talking about riding on donkeys. So obviously that's not right. Because we have cars. That's what, that's what his argument was. Exactly. So obviously. And then he talked about there's uh, God didn't want borders. Did you remember him talking yeah, about I, that? I, I, I just like, wait, what, what? He talks about nations all the time. And, and empires and fighting empires each other. Fight. Yeah. What are they fighting over? The sovereignty of their <laughs> land, which is divided by a border. I just was like, I'm going, I don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. It is exactly what you were afraid. You, you prophesied <laughs> that it was not going to go well, but we needed to, we needed to go. We needed to go. I think we needed to go to hear it. We need to not shy away from from being involved in stuff like that. I think it's important that we did because we were able to talk to our pastor about it. And I think it's important as, as difficult and, and painful as it was, yes. but it makes us all realize, also realize why what we've already heard that's happening at Biola College University. I don't know if it's a college or university. I, university. Um, I should know because it's in La Mirada where I grew up from a little kid. <laughs> um, that, it, that now we understand why it is falling, why it is graduating woke children that are not walking with Christ. And yet it's a Christian. It labels itself as a Christian, a religious school. Yes. It's a religious school. Yes. It's not a godly school. Yes. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. What does Michael have to say here? I don't understand how any Christian could vote Democrat in this election and sleep in peace. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know it's, that's the thing is, is that are we voting our conscious are we voting as citizens of heaven are we voting as christ followers we can't separate we can't have two separate identities it's like we tell our kids about going on the internet or the people on social media who are the the guys in the mother's basement like we can't hide behind some false identity and say well i'm gonna vote as an american even though i'm a i'm not going to consider my christianity in my american voting how yeah how could we do that? I mean, how how could we do that and not expect to be judged by God? And another argument I know that's often used is that the old time, we are not subject to the law. It's Romans 7. We are not under the law. We are under the law of grace. We are not under the, rabbinic, uh, the Judaic law. That's not what I'm saying. Even though Christ came to fulfill the law, we will not suffer the punishment of disobedience to the law. The Lord said that we now are, we follow the law because we love him. If those who love me follow my commandments, and that's how I know they would love me. So we do it out of love and our passion for having received Christ. Mm -hmm. The punishment is not the problem. It is, do we love him enough to sacrifice um, our uh, comforts in order to defend the gospel in every way? Right. The um, the argument sometimes is that they don't like that the people are voting based on who they like as a man. Yeah. And that is wrong, too. I, I was saying this earlier on a live that I did for my car this uh, earlier today. And that is I, it does, I, I don't know. I, I, the same thing that Michael said. I don't understand how you could be Christian and vote Democrat. I don't even understand how you can vote Democrat as a human being on this planet. 
<laughs> because of the nonsense that's going on. But just say, just going back to the Christian point of view, I, I hear the arguments from some Christians that go to the church that we go to on occasion that said, well, and then they'll bring up Trump or they'll bring up DeSantis or they'll bring up these men. And I said, I don't, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Who cares who those men are? What are their policies? What is it that they are bringing to our country as a, a, it, would it be a Christian value or not a Christian value? What party is bringing Christian values? Which one is not bringing Christian values? Did the people of Israel refuse to follow King David after they knew he stole someone's wife and killed her husband? They say, you know what? You're an adulterer. We're not following you. Goodbye. No. No. <laughs> or Moses. He was a murderer. Right. But yet God appointed him um, to free the people of uh, from Egypt. Yep. So, like, it, you know, it's it. We're not a character is important if we're choosing a pastor. But when we're choosing somebody based on politics, we have to look at the policy. Will God's will be done? Now, if Trump, you know, when he was holding up the Bible or whatever he was doing, was faking it, I could care less if he was faking it. I'm not responsible for his soul or mm -hmm. his salvation. All I care about is did he implement policies that supported that Bible that he held up? And he did. Yep. Are the people, the judges he appointed upholding the biblical values um, to a large extent? You know, that's not going to happen <laughs> gonna every mostly, time. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> yes. Upholding that promise too. Mm. You know, so... It is, it's about whether we are promoting God's will on the earth or not. Correct. And what there about, are a lot of flawed people in the, in the Bible. Jesus was the only one that wasn't flawed. One last thing I want to get you fired up over. Yes. Is that he said that uh, the United States is, it was not. <laughs> was not a Christian. Founded nation. on Christian. Because we are not a theocracy and never were. We were not founded on Christian values. I was like, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself that you call yourself a professor. How could you say that the and and I and I had just written this article naming off a, over a dozen pastors that established cities and states across the United States in the 1600s and 1700s. Mm -hmm. The first speaker of the House of Representatives, uh, Frederick Muhlenberg, was a pastor. His brother Peter Muhlenberg, that established the First Amendment in that first session of Congress, were pastors. You know, it and and it goes on from there. So they believed that they were men free by God, uh, consent, uh, setting up a government by the consent of the people under God's law. Beholden, they entrusted it to the people and their representatives because they believed everyone in this populace, in the politic, were beholden to God. That's why they believed that that trust mattered. And then later on, President Coolidge, 150 years later, said, if we don't hold on to those values, those Christian values, then everything we try to accomplish will fail. Correct. Because then it's complete anarchy. And that's what we're seeing now is that people don't care about the underlying values of this freedom. And so it's like, OK, may the may the richest guy win or may the most corrupt one win if I steal a little vote. So I turn the law enforcement apparatus against a couple of these people. Maybe I can sneak it by. Maybe I mess up a couple of machines and the mm. list goes on. The foundation of biblical values is lost. 
the biblical values of this country is what allows it to exist, even with atheists, even with mu uh, Muslims and Mormons and, Absolutely. and all those in it. And, and they, uh, from time to time, you'll, you'll find somebody that says, you know what, it's, it's the reason we're here in this country right. because of the values of this country. Right. We were not believers in Jesus Christ, but we believe in this country. Right. And it's the only way that it can exist. So it's very strange to hear any of the arguments that he had. <laughs> there was no value other than we learned. Um, what the other people think. Yeah. The, what, why we're in. We may have lost some viewers now. With That's this, okay. With Don't. this diatribe of ours. but <laughs> hey, It's election day. This yeah. is the things we're supposed to be talking about. In addition to the devotional. Yes. Um, so the good news is, and I just wanted to reiterate what Hetty already said, is that we emailed the pastor and he agreed that it was not, that he was very disappointed in, in what happened. And uh, and so we'll be talking with him personally later on. Yes. Um, and again, we're not we're not trying to come off as we're scholars. <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination. But I know Christ. enough to yeah. I know enough to know <laughs> that the old testament does apply in my life. That's all. I mean, I can't, I can't recite, you know, line and verse the way he could. And I, and then he said, had this other expression saying, we cannot wrap the cross in the flag. We will muddy the cross. And I said, well, I don't <laughs> want to wrap the cross in the flag. I want to wrap the flag in the cross. Yes. You know, so like, boy, you got this twisted. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? Like, Come on, bro. Yeah. I will the other way around. And then he's like, then you turn into Christian nationalists, you become Nazis. Wait, uh, oh, yeah. Oh no! It got crazy. No, <laughs> that's not what happened. My Christendom protects my fellow man because it tells me that there's no compulsion in the religion; that it's a pre-selection by God, preordained, and so there is no need. We we do not force people to convert to Christianity. In no sense of the word is that ever the case. Um. And I want good for people. We want to take care of the poor, the widow, the orphan, everything that the, Bib the Bible commands us as people of the God of Moses, the God of Jacob. Um, we follow those principles, which makes a better society. It's not some weirdo KKK Nazi thing that we right. want to, you know, burn other people. It's just just nonsense, just yeah. absolute nonsense. Yeah, we can go on all night with stuff yeah. but your article is coming out on thursday you haven't turned yes. it in yet so we can't guarantee that it'll be out on thursday but it, i turned it in today oh it's fire fire i know i say this all the time but this is one of my favorites <laughs> i stood up and cheered after this article uh, what do you know what the title maybe what what did you um, tell it? or did you no because they usually change my titles mm. america the beautiful america. under god one nation under God. That would be a good one. That would be a really good one let's uh go back to the devotional for one second and read colossians Two, six through seven. Therefore, brothers and sisters, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up yes. in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Glory be to God. Thank you. And so should our country. So should our country. John 4:10. Jesus answered her. This is when Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Again, I think that's in reference to the cistern versus the river. Uh, Romans 8, 38 through 39, beautiful passage of scripture. For I am convinced that neither death nor life 
neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor any height or any depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is an awesome. Amen. Nothing. And that's that really, that passage really hits home when you think about this receiving Christ. Mm -hmm. Because once you receive it, he imputes his righteousness and he dwells within you. There's nothing that can take that away. Nothing. Yeah. Hmm. And that's why you see um, the, the discipline, the dedication, the devotion of the persecuted church, whether it's Iran or China or Pakistan, and they, they, they're like, kill me, I don't care. I'm gonna go meet Jesus. Like it, they won't give up Christ for nothing. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's that real, the power of knowing I have received him and nothing will separate me from him. Right. Can you read um, Jim Ryman's uh, part of this? Yeah. So Spurgeon ends today's devotion by pointing to us the infinite nature of Christ. We are told by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, all things were created by him and for him, Colossians 1.16. Thus, it only stands to reason that if he created everything, he must be greater than his creation. How amazing it is that the creator of the universe has poured his very life into us and desires fellowship with us. May the following be our prayer to him this day. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And mm -hmm. that is the truth and the power and the victory we should be walking in because he has given us authority over all of creation, has made the enemy our footstool. And that's the, the way, that's the power and the passion and the strength by which we demand his word be, be true in our country, in our nation, in our family, everywhere. Wow. I'm fired up, folks. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many directions I want to go in my head. Cindy says, where are... The articles, oh, it's on Christian Post. If you... Uh, do a search for my name, all the articles come up. So you can just do my first name, of course, because there's nobody else with my name. So H-E-D-I-E-H <laughs> on the ChristianPost.com. ChristianPost.com. And Kate says, how are the elections going? <laughs> you know, Kate, we are a first world country, apparently. <laughs> and That's what they say. And now it's the norm in America. Hey, don't expect to know the results of the elections on election day. Why can we not expect to know the results on election day? Because since 2020, we no longer are able to count. Apparently our people cannot count. But we have states like Arizona where the election officials come out and say, listen, great day in Arizona, people are coming out and voting. So um, in 20% of the polling places, one out of five machines is not reading correctly. But it's okay. 
don't worry, you can put your vote, you can put in your ballot in a box. And it was just like, what? 20% of the votes were not going to get counted and that's supposed to be okay? You know what I mean? They said they had printer errors, that the machines weren't reading, that they ran out of paper. And I was like, did you folks not know it was an election today? And ironically, it's happening in the contest in the contentious states. We didn't have any problems with our machines in California, but it's in Arizona, it's in Pennsylvania, it's in um, New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yep, Kansas. The, the thing about Arizona, it's the worst of all the states yeah. where this is happening. And the lady who is in charge of elections is also running for governor against <laughs> Carrie Lake, who is who is Can't a strong up, candidate. But who should win based on everything that we've heard. But yet the woman who's running the elections is running against her. And now they're having the worst problems in processing the ballots in that particular state. It, it's, Whoops, we're out of paper. And she's had four years to prepare for this election. Well, two years, I guess, but also four years. Um, it, it, <laughs> but folks, at the end of the day, Jesus is on the throne. And whatever happens, we uh, we hopefully vote our heart and our conscience and we leave the results up to him. So whatever happens, either he's going to come quicker or we've been granted a respite. Either one's good for me. God's will be done on earth. So two things, Kate, just to finish uh, answering your question. The last I looked, a number of uh, the candidates that we would like to see, uh, conservatives are uh, have, have made their move and are, are, looks like they're going to win. Uh, some are still too close to call. Uh, DeSantis won and, and Rubio won. Uh, Texas is in trouble. Texas strange. That's because all the Californians all are moving there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then um, oh, I should add another point that I was going to say on that. Now I forgot what it was. Um, That's the long-term strategic planning of me and Andy. That's why we're not leaving California, because we figure people will eventually leave, ruin all the other states. And so we'll have a shot of fixing California. Or houses will become affordable again. Yeah. <laughs> because of the interest rates being so high. And there's no, and all the houses are empty. And all the houses are empty. Everybody's gone. Um, one other thing about the, the elections. Oh my gosh, what was I going to say? It was an important point. Uh, hmm, I forget what it was. It was okay. extremely important. I'm it sure. would have changed the world. Yeah, for actually. sure. Yes, for sure. Um, uh, article we hit that amen but they're waiting a week to plot the cheat yeah <laughs> see i mean we're that's trying. philadelphia philadelphia uh, uh, uh philadelphia i think they said that it's going to take probably not until friday they won't know who won <laughs> what is that uh one state i heard that i w- i don't know if it's pennsylvania that i was excited about they're going to cross-reference all of the mail-in ballots and the in-person ballots to make sure no one voted twice. So I thought, if that's the reason you're not going to um, have the accurate count that. yet, is if mm-hmm. I thought that was legitimate. I was like, if that's what you're going to do, if that's really what you're doing, then that's pretty cool. Because there's people that could have mailed in and forgot. Like, this is the story that they forgot they mailed God, it in, oh, and then whoops. they went to the to the polling place uh, today. They go, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't realize that I had sent mailed mine in. Whoops. You know, this is only one party that is doing this. They, they they don't they think the people in their party, Democratic Party, is too stupid to get driver's license. So they say they can't have driver's license. We don't we don't you can't you can't be checking to see if these people are the person that's on the ballot because our people are too stupid. They all it also said if the date's not wrong and they're not filled out right, they're not going to count them. 
And that makes sense to me. But they're going, no, our people are stupid. They can't fill them out. <laughs> they, they know how to check the box for our candidates. But that's all. They can't sign their name. Yeah, so it's just, it's really kind of nuts. You got France who, who realized these machines are not working. Yeah, they're corrupt. And France goes back to paper and they knew who won the next day. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. There's all paper belts. Yes. That's what it used to be in this country. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we're yelling. People are pulling their their phones away from their faces. Yeah. Um, it is just it is such crazy nonsense. I lost my mind earlier today on my live. I don't know if anybody of your friends of mine, uh, but uh, I was just like, this is just, and I it might have cussed. I started to cuss. <gasps> I caught myself. I did call. Don't ruin your witness. I, I did call weak Republicans who don't stand up and stay quiet a bunch of. Okay. wusses but Wuss. I, I used a different word okay Go Kate ahead. says so sick of the lies and deceit and cindy agrees that's right jesus is on the throne and kate says lies and deception have become thicker and more blatant noah's day looks calm compared to now come jesus yes that's another point that this man yes. says that the bible the old testament's not relevant the lord specifically says in matthew 24 it'll be as in the days of noah yeah so there's constant references um to the old testament so he yes. made excuses for lgbtq he made it was a really ah uh, he did the this crazy analogies like i don't want sodomy criminalized and therefore yes. gay marriage should be permissible because if we can't have all of god's laws we shouldn't have any <laughs> wait what I don't want them criminalizing adultery and, and sodomy. Therefore, I want to say we could be 52 genders and people can marry, I don't know, a man or a woman or a goat or multiple spouses because um, I don't want to legislate all morality. So therefore, I'll legislate none of it. Yep. And then we have a proposition here in California, Proposition 1, that is essentially allowing abortions up to the day of birth. So they call day it the birthday birth uh, abortions. And... We're, you know, as a Christian, we're saying we definitely vote no. I mean, there's no question about it. Why? Because God says that we, we need to protect the children and the babies. And it's uh, wrong to murder. It's a, it's right there. Thou shalt not murder. <laughs> and, but he says the reason he voted no was not because of the Bible. He voted no because of to his children. A, to have a dinner conversation with it's... his son and his future bride. <laughs> it was It was off the hook, folks. <laughs> and I was thinking how many young impressionable thousands of young impressionable minds will be listening to him inculcate them with supposedly <clears throat> biblical values. And we actually had like, it wasn't, I don't believe it was the entire table, but we had a couple of people sitting behind us who seemingly agreed with everything he was saying. <laughs> and these are guys, this one gentleman, I know he's, I can't say any more about it, but I know him and he's supposed to be, Kind of like a professor ah. in stature. I get emails from him every day. Well, see, and that's why Pastor Jack told me not to go to Bible school. Yes, yeah. he's like, I absolutely. absolutely. That's a dangerous <laughs> endeavor. Don't do that now. <laughs> so that's really a shame. Kate says, I say, duck, get out of the way and let him fight the battle. Yeah. Yep. Sandy says, who are oh. you talking about? I got here late. Oh, we didn't name his name. We're talking about a professor that was a guest lecturer at um, the local church that we occasionally attend. The good news is that uh, they were going to run the replay on the church website in the 
pastor who set up the uh, the lecture <clears throat> decided not to do that. <laughs> Glory be to God. He made the right decision. We yes. were so happy. I was we I was going to write that in my email to him that hey, I really think you should rethink about putting it on the website. But I thought I I'm going to just leave it up to him. <clears throat> and he made the right choice. And he made the right choice. So that was really good. Um. Oh, I know. I was going to let Kate know that as far as the elections, uh, the, the people, yeah, I think, did I say this? I don't know. I may have said, is that uh, a, a number of the people, oh, no, I didn't say that. I, that uh, probably wasn't. A number of the people that we're hoping to win are winning currently, and there's other people that we don't know yet. Um, yes. But we're going to find out uh, as the night goes on. Anything else, my love? We went on, you went on a rampage. I, I basically stayed silent. You were, yeah, right. you went on and As on. usual. <laughs> I wanted to watch Cindy's message from Sunday. I'm sorry, Cindy. I, I wanted to tell you that I watched it. It's not because I don't want to. Um, I did not. Uh, we, There'll be a test tomorrow. We were busy with uh, uh, election stuff and supporting. I was at a rally on Sunday. I yes. put a video up on my Facebook page. Um, just finishing touches of, of all that kind of stuff, so. We, we just, I was, I was telling people to finish strong, strong. And so I wanted to be representative of what I was talking about. I didn't want to just awesome. say, you guys go out there and, and, and be strong <laughs> and then sit on my couch. <laughs> and so, and finality coming back to our devotional. Remember, we are neither flowing wells nor streams, but are cisterns into which the living water flows. <clears throat> Yep. Oh, hmm. I, I'm just sorry, folks. I'm just rereading this, and so all of it is so good. All this is what it means to receive Christ, to take Him as God's free gift, to realize He is in my heart, and to appropriate Him as my own. <laughs> yes. For Jesus, some, my Lord and Savior. For some reason, I was thinking about how God loves us all the same. Like we're all his favorite. Yes. And it kind of reminds me of when uh, I talk to my kids and uh, and, and Zara included, I, I say this to her too. I, I tell them all they're my favorite at different times. <laughs> and I know that people find that, find that odd, especially people that don't know us. I, we could be somewhere publicly and Bo or Red or Ray or Kelly or Zara will do something. I said, you know, that's why you're my favorite. And people go, wait a minute, you just told all the other kids that that one was your favorite? So they know that tomorrow somebody else will be the favorite. <laughs> but I want them to know that I mean I I just love them all so much, and yes. and I think for that moment it gives them that idea like wow, Dad loves me, and and God being my dad to know that He's the creator of the universe, the creator of the world of, of butterflies to to comets that fly through the sky, that He loves me. Amen. And uh, and and dwells inside and me. dwells inside me and chose me as his vessel. Yes, and fashioned me in the in his image. So cool. And uh, you know, there's a little bit of that I see in the kids' eyes when I say, you know, I'm not. Of course, I'm not God, but I am their dad. And when I say that you're my favorite, that little smile, a little <laughs> smirk on their face. And I, 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 as I read these devotionals, it's it's essentially say the same thing to me. I get that same little feeling. Like, Amen. wow, that's so cool that my dad loves me that much. Absolutely. It's awesome. Anything else, my love? Nope. Cindy's not um, buying your excuses. Oh, it's uh, fine. It's fine. <laughs> 
And she also tells her kids, whoever's making her the happiest is her favorite right at that moment. Very good strategy, folks. Good. Okay, uh, let's go do what we got to do. All right. Let's, uh, can you um, pray for Todd and Rich and, yeah, and Ryan? And uh, yes. Oh, dear Lord, it is, um, we stand in the gap for uh, those in our nation who do not yet know you and those that have fallen far from you, Lord, that are doing wickedness on the earth. And we ask that you, um, that you bless our nation and that you bring justice, uh, justice back for the poor, for the needy, um, that your will be done, that you protect the unborn, that you protect our children from this wicked, wicked uh, doctrine that is confusing them and leading them astray and leading them farther and farther away from you, Lord. We ask that you that you bless our nation and that you bless our, bless our leaders and in particular in our school board races that you bless our candidates and allow them a victory so that we could uh, turn around our school district and be a model for other schools and other districts to learn what it's like mm -hmm. to have a board filled with Christ followers and the goodness that they would bring and the accountability that they would bring and how they would put the children first, Lord. And we, we pray for all of our leaders and that we ask that you fill even those that, that are against you now, Lord, that you turn them. You did it with Saul, Lord, and you told him, you turned him into the apostle Paul. So do that with Newsom, with Biden, with Pelosi, with Kamala Harris, you turn their hearts, Lord, and make them believers, make them filled with your love and with conviction and they repent and they turn to you, Lord. We're so grateful that all that for all that you do in and through us and what you do and will continue to do here on earth, Lord. You're on the throne and we we surrender it all to you. We love you. We honor you with all that we do. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. I know so you didn't include Adam Schiff. I, I think he's a lost soul. I forgot about him. I think he's a lost soul. No, they're all lost souls until they come back. <laughs> Schumer. <laughs> Schumer. He won. Oh, did yeah, he? Unbelievable. All right, my friends. We love you guys. Good night. God, God bless. bless. We'll see you later. Take care.